Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site. The guys here getting ready behind me while they're doing that. Here's what's coming up on the show. Tech's big moment is next week with a number of huge earnings. We'll give you the one name options traders see is a must own. Plus, biotech is breaking out and there's something in the chart that suggests it could go even higher next week. We'll break it down. And Boeing shares are doing something they haven't done since 1988. And it's all setting up for the perfect options trade. We'll tell you what that is. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. Let's get to it because next week is the busiest week for earnings season and mega cap tech will be center stage. Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, Apple all set to report those five companies representing more than 40 percent of the Nasdaq 100 and check out their implied moves. Amazon could see a six and a half percent swing in either direction. The options market's expecting a roughly five percent move for Facebook and Microsoft. Traders are anticipating a four and a half percent move for Alphabet when it reports and a four percent move for Apple. So do the math on that and it could represent a more than $180 billion shift in market cap. So how should you play the space into this massive week and which names do you buy? Let's get straight to the chart master, Carter Braxtonworth. Hi, Carter. Hi. I thought we'd look at all of them as an aggregate and then maybe drill down on one, uh, Google. So just the names that you've heard, I mean, as big as it gets, as important as it gets, and uh, all on deck. Let's look at a few charts here and try to figure it out. What I want to talk about is how important, and you know this, but the top five stocks by market cap plus Netflix are valued at seven, $3.7 You're talking about 14% of the S&P. All right. So another way to look at this, those top five stocks plus Netflix, because it's not a top five, are valued at, again, 3.7 versus 3.4, the bottom 250. But here's the best part. You basically are trading at the same valuation, which a much higher growth rate. So would you put money in the bottom 250 losers, so to speak, things that are struggling like a Foot Locker or a Chipotle? Would you rather go with Slugger's Row here for the same price? This is the, this is the place to go. All right, let's look at some charts. This is an aggregate of those six stocks, that uh, 3.7 trillion plotted equal weight. It's a beautiful uptrend. In fact, the line draws itself, and it has just bounced off this line like clockwork. I mean. It's a testament to the importance of charts. And so what I'm thinking is more to come. But also there's this. Now, if I were to look at that basket on the top, same chart, but look at its relative performance to the tech sector, the thinking can always be that perhaps these are crowded. Too many people have put too much money in. If that were the case, then how come they've made no progress in two years? They're not crowded. They've not outperformed in the last 24 months, and they're just breaking out to new highs on a relative base. That's key. Let's go on to Google. All right. Lines, here they come. Trend line, and it's been beautiful, right? This has been quite precise. Off the top, off the bottom, off the bottom, off the top, off the top, off the bottom, bottom. I'm thinking, at a minimum, we get to the top, another 10 or 12%. Now let's do the relative chart. Here's the same thing, put in our channel one more time. And what we've got, again, just to get to the high, 10%. But here's key. Google not as, has been underperforming the tech sector, underperforming for almost two years, and it is just now starting to outperform and break above trend. That's a key setup. I think you want to play Google long into its number. 
All right. So, Mike, how are you trading Alphabet? You know, Carter hit on something I think is pretty interesting. Right now, if you bought McDonald's, it's trading just shy of 24 times forward earnings, 23 times for Google, a name that has consistently for about a decade now been delivering double-digit revenue growth, double-digit EPS growth, is in good businesses, is building a bigger moat. The thing is, when you're taking a look at a stock like this, to buy 100 shares of it is going to cost you over $100,000. So it's obviously very expensive to get into a round lot. Also, I mean, you're going to see slightly elevated options premiums going into a catalyst-like earnings. I think the way to play this is to buy a call spread. I was looking at the February 1185, 1270 call spread. You could spend about $26.5 for that spread to make a bullish bet. This is a way that you can take a bullish position in Google with a valuation, I think, even now still looks quite attractive for, you know, less than 3000 bucks. How do you like the trade? Uh, I, I, listen, you know, you're buying a stock that or you're buying a call spread gives you the right to buy the stock at a certain point in time at all time highs. It's already up 13 percent of the year. We have an event here. I would say that the sentiment is quite bullish here. So it's going to take a pretty significant beat and raise to keep this stock going higher. And so to me, this is the way you want to play it if you're coming to the game right now. You know what I mean? I don't think you'd want to be buying the stock. But I think that there's some other things to think about here. You know, I mean, if we are in this blow off phase, I think Carter's relative strength, it makes a strong case to stay with these names because they're going to continue to work. The other thing is, is that if some of these secular shifts that Alphabet has been investing in are really going to start to play out with Waymo and some of these other things. You may start seeing that in their guidance this year because some of these things may start to play out. This is a company that's doubled their revenues. They're expected to, uh, to go over $100 billion in sales this year. That's double from 2014. So to me, I'm in the camp where I'd probably wait for a pullback, but you may never get one the way this market's going. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a pullback opportunity anywhere. And if you were looking for one, you'd probably look for names that are going to possibly show some signs of weakness. And these guys really haven't. And really, you're also taking a look at relative valuation. How much am I paying for earnings and how much am I paying for growth? You know, compared to a lot of other stocks in the S&P right now, this one actually, surprisingly enough, looks kind of cheap. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you just think about the setup, you, if you have something that's acting well, but it's underperforming on a reliable, consistent basis for almost two years and then starts to outperform, that's what you want. You have divergence and then early stage convergence, the presumption is that Google is going to play catch up with its sector. Is there a way to lessen the cost of this trade, Mike? Well, we did that a little bit by selling that upside call. You know, one of the issues is that if you have a stock that's trading, you know, close to $1,200, right. options on that stock, while they're going to be substantially less than the stock itself, are also going to be expensive. We're dealing with options here. For example, that 1185 call is a $35 option. So there's, you know, this does lower the cost somewhat, but that's about as low as you're going to get. Let's move on here. Biotech breaking out this week. This is a group gears up for a slew of big earnings reports. Meg Terrell's back at headquarters with more. Hi, Meg. Hey, Mel. Biotech just closed out its best week since September, and the IBB Biotech ETF is on pace for its best month since July 2016. A couple of things are at work here. First, of course, is M&A. Following Monday's $20 billion in biotech deals, investors are wondering if every Monday is now going to be merger Monday in the sector. And that'll be a key aspect to watch in some of the coming week's biggest earnings reports from Pfizer on Tuesday to Amgen on Thursday and Gilead the following week. Those companies, of course, have billions of dollars in cash to spend. The second thing driving biotech today is AbbVie's earnings report for a couple reasons. First, because of what the company said about taxes, specifically following the U.S. tax overhaul, AbbVie now says its effective tax rate this year will be 9%. Analysts had been expecting 20 Jeffrey's Jared Holtz telling me investors are now keeping a closer eye on reports next week, Amgen's in particular, for any similar commentary 
on tax benefits. AbbVie's quarter is also boosting Gilead because of its results for hepatitis C drugs. $510 million in revenue for the quarter, what it says is a 32% market share. RBC's Brian Abrams calling this a positive indicator for market stabilization in terms of both number of patients treated as well as pricing. And Gilead, of course, the leader there. All of this leading biotech to get seriously close to its 2015 high. And here is where the warnings start to come in. Damien Gardet at industry publication Stat News today pointing out some of the activity in the space is causing investors to worry, quote, the sector is taking a turn for the absurd. And Evercore ISI's Josh Shimmer points out the State of the Union address next week could throw some cold water on the whole group right in the middle of earnings season. In addition to Pfizer and Amgen reporting next week, Wednesday will also bring reports from Eli Lilly and Vertex. Mel. All right. Thank you very much, Meg Terrell. Now, Dan here had called the IBB the best chart ever earlier this week on Fast Money. So how are you trying? Well, you know, I was going to say on a relative basis. I think it's very <laughs> constructive. And we're also in a market that obviously for a couple months now is seemingly making new all-time highs on a daily basis. What we've seen are a lot of rotations in some groups and, you know, out of some groups and into some others. And when you look at the pickup that we've seen in biotech stocks in the last few months, we've seen that exact rotation. The XBI, which is the S&P um, biotech index, which is more equally weighted. I don't think there's a single name in there that's more than three and a half percent has made new all-time highs. It's through those mid-2015 highs. The IBB, which the top five names, um, which you know, they're Amgen, Amgen, Biogen, Celgene, Gilead, and one other, make up about 35 percent. This one is playing some catch-up. We have a five-year chart here. It just made new 52-week highs, but those 2015 all-time highs are about 10 percent away. That's the constructive nature that I see. Carter will obviously speak to it, but I like my lines here, Carter, and I think that if we're going to continue to make new highs, this thing's going to play up, catch up because of the weighting of these five, because of their valuations, and because of this rotation. So to me, I think you want to look out to market expiration. This is at 52-week highs. I like using options to define my risk here. Um, implied volatility is relatively low on a two-year basis. So to me, I looked at March expiration today when the stock was trading. The ETF was 117.75. You could buy the March 120, 130 call spread, paying two and a quarter for that, buying one of the March 120 uh, calls for 255, selling one of the 130s at uh, 25 cents. That gives you that price of 225. That is your max risk. It's about 2%. So what I like here is I'm targeting that prior high, very near 130. I'm defining my risk to 2% here. I may get the entry wrong. It is at a 52-week high. But if you think they're going to have continued momentum, this is the way to play it. What do you make of those lines? Well, right. So, I mean, what, what we're looking at is the key, and then Dan started with this, really, is the equal weight versus uh, the IBB, which is market cap weighted, in the sense that if the equal weight is making new highs, we know that the big names have held this back, Celgene in particular. But actually, today, for the first time, the IBB was 50% in terms of outperformance versus the XBI, so that the large ones are presumptively coming back, and then the lines come into play, which is if it throws to the prior high, you've got about a 12% move to get to that. I think it was the 20th of July where you get to about 133. I mean, I think a call spread certainly makes sense. You know, an index or a basket of stocks is unlikely to have a huge move, but it could have a substantive one, and that makes sense in terms of the trade structure. The other thing is, take a look at how Celgene behaved this week after they announced that acquisition. You know, the, the M&A deals are obviously going to help out the acquired, but it seems to be helping out the acquirers as well. And the top five names are not expensive when you take a look at the IBB. So I like the structure. Okay. For everything Options Action, you can check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, sign up for our super cool newsletter. More than 100,000 of you have already done that. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. How would you like to make money if Boeing shares go up, down, or nowhere at all? Professor Coe will break it all down. Plus, 
Calling all options action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at options action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when options action returns. Welcome back to options action. It's a bird, it's a plane. Nope. It's just Boeing. After soaring 90% last year, Boeing's already up another 16% in 2018, gaining nearly $30 billion in market cap and on track for its best January performance since 1988. The top Dow stock contributing roughly 330 points to the index this year. For those of you keeping score at home, that's 20% of the Dow's 2018 gains. Now, the company reports earnings next Wednesday. The options market's implying a 5% move in either direction or a measly $10 billion in market cap. So how should you play it? Mike goes over at the plasma with a call to action. Take it away, Mike. Okay, so we're going to take a look at selling a call spread. So selling a call spread is one of the things you're going to look to do when you see elevated options premiums. Because we have earnings coming up and it's implying that 5% move, we are going to see options premiums a little bit higher. One nice thing is when you do credit trades in options, typically they have a higher probability of profit because if the stock just stays where it is, you're going to make some money. And finally, you're selling a call spread rather than naked calls because it limits your risk. So taking a look at the stock, as we've just alluded to, we can see it's basically on a straight line up. We were talking about this last week when we were comparing it to Netflix. I actually think the valuation here is getting a little bit ahead of itself. And as much as I like the company, I don't like the stock that much. So what I'm looking to do, when the stock was trading about 342.5, I could sell the February 342.5 call, and I could buy one $10 higher, the 352.5 call, and I was going to collect $4.15 to do that trade. Now, that can only be worth 10 bucks, so I'm getting almost half of the value of that call spread. I'm going to make that money if the stock stays right here or if it drifts lower. Worst case, if it goes higher, I'm facing about $5.85 in potential losses, but that's where I'm capping that risk to the upside. What do you guys think of the trade? Yeah. Uh, I like the trade structure, especially if you just, you know, if you don't think the thing's going to continue to rocket higher, it's got a very high probability of making a little money if it just stays put. And I think there's a very strong likelihood that there's some give back because, again, it comes to expectations on the year in a straight line here they're going to have to put up a big beaten raise for people to look past whatever benefit they get from taxes it relates to their eps i mean just to, we were put in the context of google for instance google on a trailing 12-month base up 40 percent this is up 102 it's doubled the performance of facebook doubled the performance of microsoft doubled the performance of apple it is as extended as another stock that had some trouble this week caterpillar caterpillar came out with great numbers and yet it wasn't enough. Stock faltered down today, down yesterday. I think that's the setup here. It just is priced in presumptively almost everything that could possibly be. When you take a look at Caterpillar's chart, does, does the price action after earnings make you rethink the direction or trajectory of the stock? Meaning, no, but Caterpillar was in line with, meaning it had good numbers and it Right, 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 right. Act poorly. That would right. be the and so best does that thing. mean that, that the trend is broken? Well, in other it's words. still a very steep, it hasn't quite broken yet, but okay. it's how it starts to break, right? And I think Boeing's what's right. next. You know, when you think about how the company's operating results might look, this is a company that sells its products years in advance, right? So we're not likely to get huge surprises. Things like tax cuts might be a potential benefit that obviously would already be priced in. People have discussed a weaker dollar as being a possibility. They're not going to sell more planes because of it, though. It might mean that their planes would be priced more competitively. That would be forward sales. I don't really see how they're going to blow the doors off of already high expectations right now. Yeah, and this, I mean, you can repeat this story for so many other stocks in the market right now, ones that have had just 
bottom we, we, left. We, we, could, have, right we could also Google uh, right. that mean, we started the show with. But, but see, there's where I see. I, I, know, I think I know, it is. I know, I know. Let's say Netflix. Netflix was not that steep. It was only up 40, 50%. It's the preceding 12 months that makes you that much more at risk if you've eaten tomorrow's lunch. When you're only up 40, I know that's a lot, but not in this market. Their stocks are up 100. That's the greater risk. But let me make one other you. point. Short-dated <laughs> options prices, implied volatility in Boeing are as high as they've been since the first quarter of 2016. So all of a sudden now, Mike is basically looking at this thing. He's saying, I don't know that it's going to careen lower. Because if you did, you'd buy puts or you just short the stock outright. Um, but the options are giving you that $10 wide. You know, they're giving you a 50-50 shot. And you like the odds of getting a little money on the short premium side. A lot safer than shorting the stock yeah. as well. Yeah. Still ahead, check out shares of Intel soaring more than 10% today to a nearly 18-year high. Does it have even more room to run? The traders will weigh in. Plus, got a question for Carter, Mike, or Dan? We know you do. So get out your phones, tweet us right now. If it's a good one, we'll answer it later on in the show. Much more Options Action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Now, last month, Dan said there was more room to run for Intel. The stock has had this massive rally over the last three months, and I think some of the fun fundamental moves that the company had been making through acquisitions and such over the last two years are kind of paying off. You probably just want to set up with a short-term call calendar. You want to finance the purchase of longer-dated calls. So today, when the stock was trading at 44.60, you could sell one of the January 47 calls for 30 cents. You could buy one of the February 47 calls for 80 cents. And he was right, Intel going absolutely nuts today. The stock's surging more than 10% to a 17-year high. So what do you do now, Dan? Well, you know what they say, a blind squirrel there, Mel. But I mean, <laughs> this one, I think, you know, this is still underperforming the sector. It's underperforming the broad market. It's a cheap stock. I think the fact that stock was able to gap, despite what we know about some of the glitches that they uh, were exposed earlier this year, I think you stay with it, but you got to roll this one up and out. You're long this February 47 call. It's worth 3.30, and I think you, there's a good chance the stock consolidates like it did after their Q3 earnings again. So I think you take the profits in Feb, and then you maybe roll it out. I think this stock fills the September 2000 gap to the 57-ish level, but you're going to probably need another catalyst. So to me, that's probably out to March or April, and I'd buy a call spread. All right. If you look at Dan's entry point, so it had the gap 13 weeks ago, earnings, and then on the pullback. As you saw on the chart there, Dan stepped up for the trade. And now it's got a second gap. Gaps come in twos or threes because you never or rarely beat once and then miss. You beat once or twice or you miss several times. So this gap should be the beginning of a follow-through move. 50 close, why not 55? All right, moving on. Two weeks ago, Cohen Carter said Facebook was headed higher. You can also put in this line, which is the prior high, exactly the prior high. And we're back to that level. I think it's going to be contained. And again, we've got this trend line. My hunch is that it's weakness to take advantage of rather than weakness to stay away from. So I want to step up and buy some Facebook. I'm looking at selling the February 180, 175 put spread. When the stock was trading around 180, you could collect $2.15 for that. And it was a good call. Facebook shares have rallied more than 5% since then. So, Mike, how do you position yourself with earnings coming up next week? Yeah, so I think this is a situation where we've already made half of the money that you could make in this trade. So we collected just over 2 bucks. You could buy it back for a dollar. I think that's probably the move right here. I, this was a winner. I think we can, we can move on and wait and see what earnings brings. And we filled the gap, which means we're back to an inherently difficult level. So exactly that. Yeah. All right. Up next, tweets and the final call from the options pit.
Time to take your tweets. The first one is from Mr. Taraguchi, who asks, when trading options, do you use technicals or probabilities more often? What do you say, Mike? Uh, well, I'm not a technical analyst, so I always look to the probabilities first. But I think technicals are really important, especially going into catalyst when I'm trying to figure out whether the sentiment in a name is changing. Well, you often tag team with Carter on well, a Well, that's trade, because so. I get a lot of help. So, I mean, then I definitely focus on the technicals if I got this guy by my side. You like to do your own technical analysis, Mr. Yeah, without Klein, any or anything like that. But, I mean, to me, you know, I use technicals to help inform my strikes, right? So if I have, like, a view and it's directional, mm -hmm. then I'll say, okay, if I'm going to buy this option, I have a good probability of making money there. I'm going to say, you know what, where's it going to get resistance? And that's what I use technicals to do. In so it's a combination. Yeah. All right. Our next tweet is from Watching Your Charts. And uh, this person is asking about AMD. Would you buy some February 9th 14 calls to fill a gap on earnings? Carter has a chart like Well, the chart is something I would call a bearish to bullish reversal. It does have a gap to fill. And I would be long whether you do it through an outright call or perhaps the guys have a good strategy. Well, listen, you're, so you're asking about a call that's a dollar out of the money that costs 44 cents. To me, that's not a great probability. Time for the final call. Last word from the options pits. Carter. Google into earnings. I want to be on the long side. Mike. Buy call spreads in Google. Sell them in Boeing. Dan. Uh, what, what he said. I forgot what I was going to say. Excellent. Our time has expired. I'm Melissa Lee. See you back here next Friday. Uh, <laughs> Mad Money's up next. <laughs>